0: Alright, right, quiet and down now. Live
1: from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios another Britain Yankee Craft Beer pub cast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now Jakey, jakey, jakey. Bum, Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. and welcome to yet another edition of the britain yankee craft beer podcast my name is phil clark and this is yet another one of our extended video audio editions in which we present part one as a video on our youtube channel and then in part two carry on the conversation with an extended audio podcast available on all good podcast apps This time around, we're excited to have an exclusive interview with a brand-new brewery that's going to be opening at the end of July, and it's going to be brewing only lager styles. We talked with Tom and Allison Beckman, who are co-owners and head brewer, respectively, at Goldfinger Brewing in Downers Grove, Illinois. We recorded this interview a couple of weeks ago when Tom was anticipating opening his brewery on the 17th. Of course, plans don't always go smoothly and they had to delay the opening until the end of the month and now it is planned for July the 31st. So join me and my co-host Kem McMullin from Hot Fine Brewing as we continue our chat with Tom Bettman of Goldfinger Brewing. All right, after that little break, we're back and uh, we're doing audio only now. So I hope you enjoyed the first segment. If you didn't listen to it, or view it even, go back and view it before you listen to this piece. We're visiting uh, Downers Grove Goldfinger. I was gonna say gold mine, I don't know why. Maybe it's gonna be a gold mine, hopefully. <laughs> um, Goldfinger Brewing. And uh, in, the, in that break, we poured the third of your core beers, which is, I think, called your, hang on, I'm looking here, pills. You It took me a long time to think of the names of these beers, I must admit. <laughs> but this cool. is your pill. So is this the one, because it poured out with a lovely white head, is this the one you're going to do the slow pour on?
2: Yes, we are. So as I was uh, explaining to you when you were in here, all of our faucets are the Luker, uh Czech side pull beer faucets. Um, the whole concept behind that is that lager beer, has a lot of subtle subtlety to it. It's not about both flavors, but even something as subtle as the foam composition can be the difference between a good beer and an excellent beer. So the side pull faucets allow us to pour the beer as we would like it to be poured. And specifically the uh, Pilsner, um, I can't take credit for the slow pour concept. It was an old concept that I think was made, most recently made, popular again, thanks to Bierstadt Lagerhaus in in Denver. Yeah. Um, they, in fact, their pills, the name of their pills is the Slow Pour Pills. Yeah. Um, I had also seen uh, Victory. I can't believe I'm talking about Victory twice in this podcast, but uh, <laughs> they used to show you how to pour a Prima pills, the slow way to. The whole concept being that it, it really uh, kind of opens up all the beautiful aromas that a German-style Pilsner provides. So
1: I I know um, last time, well, the last time we gathered at a big gathering was GABF. I was out there helping out Church Street, and we did go to uh, Bierstadt Lagerhaus, and I saw the way that it was poured. The only thing I had a problem with was with the fact that it took so bloody long to get your pint, right? Or your beer. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a do you are are you actually going to have to wait that long?
2: Yeah, I would say uh after you've gotten your first pills, order your second one because by the time you're done with that, the second one will be ready for you to consume.
1: I'm if pouring a, very slowly now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been out so at
2: we'll
0: a craft brewers conference in uh denver and and had and was at uh bierstadt and had the slow pull uh slow pour pills and that's part of it it's part of part of the whole experience is uh, you know just waiting for it and hanging and checking out everything and that place is cool man that's really cool uh brewery unique unique as hell
1: i've been tasting this way i've been chatting and i just. This has got an absolutely tremendous flavor. This is a fabulous Pils. Tell us what other beers are you going to do? I mean, you've got the core three. There must be other lager styles.
2: Absolutely. Our goal at the end of the day is to kind of break the myth that lagers are just uh, yellow, fizzy, and kind of tasteless, that there's actually a wide variety of styles. So we already have in our tank, we have our, our Merten style Oktoberfest that we brewed about a month ago. So that'll be cold conditioning all summer, ready to be tapped in September, when Oktoberfest sadly, which was canceled. We, uh, who knows, maybe here what? we'll be able to post something. The one in Germany, you mean? one in Germany, yeah.
1: Oh.
2: Sadly canceled. But uh, we, we love that style, so we had to brew it. Um, we try to brew styles that we just really enjoy drinking and styles that are so easily approachable that it's, it's more of just one small aspect of your social interaction with whether it's your family or your, your friends that you're not, you're not, your whole focus isn't, wow, how incredible is this beer? It's, wow, this is such a good accompaniment to an amazing experience I'm having with my, the people that I love. So that's kind of our philosophy behind the styles that we brew. Um, with that said, I do have in a tank, I got my hands on uh, some YED uh, New Zealand hops, and I was interested in this, stop, in this hop because it is the offspring of our of Hallertau middle fruit, which is one of our favorite uh, hops that we use. Um, and so I brewed a beer that's a little more robust in, in flavor and a little higher in alcohol and much more um, aromatic which I don't even know what, how you would describe the style, but it's something to look forward to, that's for sure. <laughs> Can I make a request? A, yes. Schwartz, a Schwartz beer?
1: Oh, I was just about to say that, Ken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So we, will, we, we have a recipe that we really like. Um, so we'll be brewing a Schwartz beer. Uh, we, it, to kind of pay more homage to our, our Polish brewing roots, We'll have a Baltic porter uh, in the winter to have a nice kind of warm, lovely beer. Um, nice. And then uh, Czech, Czech style dark lager is another style that we absolutely love. If you like Schwarz beer, it's an easy segue to uh, Czech dark. Um, and then Doppelbach. We, Doppelbach is one of my personal favorite styles, just the fact that you can have something so warming with even a little bit of the warmth that that the alcohol gives, yet still have that crisp lager finish. So those are some of the styles we'll be brewing upcoming.
1: And then coming around next year, I guess, Maybach?
2: (laughs) Maybach, yep.
1: Of course. I have have a question, though. Um, One of the German styles that I challenged somebody to make once, and they did a very good job of it, uh, based on what i know and that was um a stein beer stein beer so a stein beer is made using big flat rocks that you heat up
2: and oh, then you put them yes. into
1: the kettle and then it caramelizes or something on the outside and gives it a kind of a i don't know uh, if a burnt flavor is uh, the way of doing it but i i don't know if that's a bit i don't know if that's an ale or a larker i have to admit but <laughs>
2: it's so I don't know if specifically it has to be a lager, but the one that I've tried was when I was in the brew program. We went to Austria to this wonderful brewery called Hofstetter. And downstairs, they have these marble square vats where they do their, their um, fermentation, but they also heat up rocks and throw them in. I was under the impression that they did them after like toward the end of the, the boil or separately from that. Although my memory doesn't, if my memory doesn't serve me correctly. do not I, I have no idea. <laughs> but yes, they, they would take these, they use wood to fire up these rocks, to get them red hot and throw them in there because that sweet sugary uh, wort just caramelizes right around that and that gives it a depth of flavor. It's a, yeah. it's a very similar concept to decoction, just a completely, to me, sounds like almost like a caveman method,
0: which I think <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool style. You know, I, I'm curious about how big your system is. I Those look pretty big back there. I'm guessing about 20, 15, 20 barrels? 15 barrel. 15, okay.
2: Yeah, so we we have a three-vessel, 15-barrel system. Um, we have a heated mash mixer, steam-heated mash mixer, a separate Lauder ton, and a uh, Whirlpool kettle um, with decoction uh, piping. So when we do, for example, our Vienna, which is double-decocted, um, we just transfer a portion of the, the mash into our kettle, bring it back to the mash ton, but none of our beers, all of our beers are some form of step mash. So even the pills, even though it's not decocted, it's a four step mash. Uh, so then we have some conical fermenters over here that we do our primary fermentation in. It only stays in that tank for about, depending on the, the concentration, only about seven, eight days. We close the tank off and transfer it into our lagering tanks that have spunding valves, and we naturally carbonate all of our beers. And it spends the rest of its time in these lagering tanks until we keg it off.
1: And I know that um, Ken, did you go out to ninety-three octane at all? No, I don't think nope. you did. Did you? Oh, you <laughs> did. Yeah. Okay, so you know they have those. They have those horizontal tanks. As does art history, but I think yeah. what they're using them primarily for is to squeeze
0: into a space
1: they're but, serving
0: i think they're ser- they're serving tanks oh they're
1: serving tanks okay think, so yeah. there it looks like there's I, I don't know too much about lagering but it seems like you've got to have these big horizontal tanks in order for this what i think you mentioned it was hydrostatic pressure Hydrostatic
2: pressure okay. it's basically the weight of all of it so lager yeast does all of its work on the bottom of a tank and as it starts to settle it, because there are no more nutrients in the the work it starts th- they all start to kind of clump together called flocculation it's basically hey no swearing this <laughs> is basically like oh there's nothing else here so let's band together and uh figure it out and see how long we can survive um so there are a lot of things that go into uh what would stress yeast out Including the weight on top of it, so by stretching that weight horizontally, there's less of it um, that makes the yeast nice and happy. Just think of it as a, a nice warm blanket on it, although it's a pretty cold blanket. Yeah, but not right.
0: not. So With, many, what's do? the what's the tap room experience like there? Are you going to have food or food trucks or I mean, what's like what what are people going to experience there? You got a patty. Let, let, me, let me guess. Pretzels. <laughs> yes.
2: Pretzels and sausages. We have these coasters um, that all of our servers will, will put down on the table where it says, eat local, and it features Eagle Restaurant, Angelo's Pizza, Pierce Tavern, and Scuttlebutts. These are all local places that have partnered with us to make sure that they can provide easy access to food, whether it's delivery or, or through even pick up if, if you want. But the whole idea is that uh, if people want to eat, but don't want to leave our tap room, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for them to do that.
1: And uh, I think you mentioned Pierce Tavern. You, we were talking earlier and you said you had broken a record at Pierce Tavern.
2: We did. We released the first keg ever of Goldfinger original lager into the wild last Thursday. Um, And we broke the Pierce Tavern record for the fastest keg, single keg sold. Um, And uh, I, I I was telling Phil you earlier that it's always a good sign when people come to try the beer and they stay for a second and third. And that's what it seemed to—that's what seemed to have been happening. So killer, we we're very man. excited for that.
0: <laughs> I got to say, congratulations to you for putting this together and pulling it off. And the beer's delicious. I'm excited for us to come out of this virus thing and and get you know. But you guys are gonna—you're you, gonna do well, man. This beer's delicious. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate you guys taking the time and showing the interest in our
2: our brewery. I I can't wait to be able to host you guys in in a safe way. I know, Ken, you asked me a little bit ago if we're gonna have an outdoor patio. We will. Uh, Downers Grove has been very understanding given the circumstances, and they're allowing all restaurants to have up to their full indoor occupancy outdoors. We will in some way, shape, or form have a nice, comfortable, and safe patio outside with some limited seating inside for right now. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we can all just kind of celebrate here because we've really built a space that was based on a community uh, and kind of communal uh, atmosphere, which we had to adjust a little bit, unfortunately.
1: I'm going to ask you a bit of a question about the way that the industry is going because I think most places who are opening up now who've I mean when you when the virus lockdown came you were kind of starting off your your uh, building there I guess right I mean it's been it's 3 started. months
2: No, we started demolition on our building in September, end of September of last year. Internal demolition. The building's still there. (laughs) Yes, the building is still here. Its it's 90-year-old self is still here, looking better than it ever has.
1: (laughs) So Um, you you started up, but what I was going to say was most places now are producing a lot of styles that are adjunct laden whether that's because of summer or whatever um the only thing i can think of uh and a berliner weiss is an ale right it's not a it's not a lager right so i'm thinking of that adding syrup to it so i don't think you're going to have any adjuncts what's your opinion of you know why you decided to go this very classic pure way and what is your, you know, how, how do you see the rest of the industry?
2: The, the thought process was number one, what kind of beers do we like to drink ourselves? What do we always, even if we're trying an adjunct beer, what do we always kind of finish the night off with? Or, or if we're going to have friends over that aren't, because we have plen- plenty of friends that aren't even into craft beer. Uh, and frankly, some of them are afraid of it because they can't even wrap their heads around some of the descriptions of these beers. <laughs> uh, so, 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 what are the kind of beers that most people we know would like to, to drink too? Um, that was our goal, but it has nothing to do with the fact that I don't like other styles. I absolutely adore lambics and Guzzes and Belgian styles. Um, and even some of the interesting uh, beers with adjuncts, particularly on the darker side is where I tend to, to migrate when it's a, a bigger, heavier stout. Um, as long as it's not too sweet, I still do like some, some dryness to my stouts. But uh, in general, I would say that the industry is um, in somewhat of an existential crisis forced by COVID more than anything. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily because some breweries are doing some absolutely crazy things and others are doing traditional. It's more, what 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 are we going to do as a whole? Uh, because our product depends on sports events and all sorts of big social gatherings that we still don't know when we can have again. Um, so I think that's the the bigger issue. I know a lot of people talk about how some of the brewers are disillusioned by how crazy some of these styles are. I don't, I don't really buy into that. I, I like innovation. I like experimentation and I like letting the consumer market kind of decide what's going to survive. So that's, I guess that's our philosophy.
1: And what about, um, as you distribute your beer, obviously you're going to do kegs because you've already sent one out to Pierce. Um, cans bottles howlers crowlers what's the story there
2: yeah good question this has been a source of debate for a long time because i love glass bottles um but it's just not practical in today's in this day and age uh, it continues to be less and less of the total uh market share and while we're purists and we're romantic romantics and in, in our beer styles and our whole concept, we're still a business too, and sometimes you got to consider that, uh, especially in packaging. So, uh, for now, we're just going to do kegs, and we have a crowler machine, and a gro- and we'll fill growlers out of our bar, but depending on what the demand is like, we might start to explore canning our beer.
1: Yeah, I think... I think uh, a good lager is always a great beer to put into a, a pint can because you can take it anywhere. Um, I, Whilst you were chatting there, you talked about bottles. So I pulled a bottle out of my fridge, which is from Alaskan Brewing Company, and it's an Imperial Bock. And this beer is uh, Eisenbach-style ale brewed with oak chips. And oh. it, comes, it comes in this, uh, this what, what size bottle is this? A big one. <laughs>
2: 22 ounce. Yeah, bomb.
1: right. A 22 ounce one. That brought me to thinking about ice beers, which is what basically Eisenbachs are, right? Yeah. Now, this is from Alaska, so there's plenty of ice up there. And uh, I think the ABV on this little puppy, although I can't quite find it anywhere, I- is way high. Oh, here it is. 12.5%. So are you going to have beers <laughs> like special editions, something like this? Funny you should mention that. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, I'm looking on here. It says Best Buy May the 6th, 2020. So I'm past oh, the Best Buy wow. date. So talk, talk to wow. me and a I little bit about...
0: Over to Phil's house to try that. I could take that off your hands, Phil, since it's <laughs> past its uh, expiration date.
1: I think... Maybe I'll hang on to this and uh, let's get us guys together. So tell me a little bit about big, Bigger Bottle Special Editions and, and why you can't hang on to beers like this,
2: lager-type beers. Yeah, um, we, we will explore that realm. Um, our plan is to use our Baltic Porter recipe to experiment a little in... Uh, on our growlers, we have a little bit of a little description of our brewing history and then just kind of our philosophy. And part of our philosophy is combining traditional methods with some American creativity. So that kind of lets us experiment a little bit. So, especially with oak, with wood, in, in some way, shape, or form, we want to start doing a little bit of a barrel program with our bigger beers. Those do much better in, in oak barrels. Um, so in the future, you'll, you'll see some bombers probably with our, our Baltic border and some variations on the Baltic Porter. But as far as icebox goes, I still need to talk to my Illinois Liquor Control agent to see <laughs> if I'm allowed to do an icebox the way that I want to, because um, I don't know if it's technically considered dis- distillation. But we have plans, and this was an idea that I got from um, this beautiful craft brewery and unit called Giesinger Brau. And they actually will take their Märzen beer, they'll freeze it in this beautiful um, glass bottle that comes with a carafe. And when you order it, you get these little schnapps flutes and they invert the, the carafe or the bottle into a carafe and everybody, orders a couple rounds of standard beer, and by the time they've finished that, it's melted into the carafe. You pour that 13, 14% concentrated uh, alcohol into these schnapps glasses and you all take a sip. So if we can do that, I'm not sure if we can legally do that because I know some states consider that like ice distillation, but uh, that is in in the plans. We want to do that. Have you done one,
1: Ken? No. I mean, could you do one? I mean, legally, do you know? I don't know. I,
0: I, I could not pull that off at my brewery, no. <laughs> but legally? Well, I, I don't think you can ice distill. But you know what? There's a lot of stuff we used to not be able to do that we can do right now. I mean, you can order – I think you can order cocktails at bars and pick them up and drive them home right now. What? So I I, I don't know. Maybe you can ice distill now. <laughs> Wow. Right. I better jump on that now then, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I need to do it because of COVID. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, this is part of my part of my core value. I haven't had the PPP, so I need to do this to keep going. Uh yeah, right. can you add spruce tips to anything? Spruce tips?
2: Probably not.
1: I was going to say they're adding it to IPA all the time, and that's fairly Norwegian. Yeah. It's kind of lagery up there, isn't it? Come on, yeah, yeah that evergreen character. Yeah, I'm thinking outside the box for you, Tom.
2: <laughs> about that, that we do have a one barrel system, and our plan is in the future to reserve that for our brewing staff to do our our brewing, and also collaboration with our front of house staff to come up with some more experimental. Staying true to lager, some more experimental beers that we'll have as taproom only. There's a lot ahead of us, um, but we don't want to stray from our three core beers and really honing in our, our, our recipes, and, and that's what we plan to do for a long time now.
1: Well, we wish you the uh, very best of success Um, when we push this uh, audio slash video edition out it's going to be very close to your opening day let's hope it's in july um hope all your inspections go well and by this by the time you listen to this oh all your inspections have gone great <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah. and uh, please thank allison because i know she had to shoot off i think i saw her uh, back back there doing something in the in the back room maybe she's gone cleaning problem
2: under the wickle
1: just <laughs> <laughs> I love it um, the only other place that I know of who in the Chicagoland area who've done lagers I think is Metropolitan and they're way down in Chicago so it's nice that you've done something for the suburbs really looking forward to, uh, to trying your beers and coming to your soft opening and hopefully your uh, opening day um, so, I think I'm going to raise my glass now. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I think I'm going to say cheers with my two glasses of beer. I don't know if you <laughs> can do that as well, but we we'll usually say um, at the end of this, uh, Ken, it's good night from me. And good night from him. And cheers. There I clank. How oh. about that? There we go. <laughs> oh, by the way, John Bitterman's going to be coming down for a full set of your glasses. You know that. We know. <laughs> he warned up already. <laughs> right. Cheers, Tom. Say thanks to Alice, of Hey,
0: hey, hey nice you so meeting much. you, Tom. You guys are great. I can't wait to come check your place out, man. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks, Phil. Nice to meet you guys. Britain Yankee! Britain Yankee! a Pye, Yankee! Go, give
1: us a pint. You got any tetleys? A uh, oh, pint, please, Bob. Give me another
0: pint, Bob. <coughs>